The following is a message by Dr. Howell Jones from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. Let us pray. We gladly acknowledge Thee, Lord God Almighty and Everlasting, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to be the one and only God and our God and our Father through the merit of Thy Son and by the ministry of Thy Spirit. We gather together, therefore, not merely with one another, though we are glad to do that, but we gather together before Thee, the living God, the one who has ever had a kindly interest toward us, made abundant provision for us and sinners in all our need and theirs. And we thank thee for the great sufficiency and fullness that there is in thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for any and for all who call upon him. So we do, conscious again with the return of another day of our need of thine aid, strength and wisdom, encouragement and pardon. And we pray that thou wilt draw near to us and bless us in all those appropriate ways and in ways unknown to us. Thou alone dost know our hearts, and thou knowest the way ahead and what we will need. We therefore look to thee in confidence and pray that thou wilt draw near and bless us and prepare us that we might continue on our earthly pilgrimage and bring us at last to that new Jerusalem where thou hast a place prepared for us through the merit of thy Son. Hear us for his sake, pardon our sins, and remember all in need. Amen. Will you be seated, please? We turn once more to Genesis chapter 3, and this morning I want to read verses 16 through 19. Genesis chapter 3, Verses 16 through 19. To the woman, the Lord God said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now the man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. So far the reading of God's word, may he bless it to us. I want this morning to focus our attention mainly on that 20th verse, Uh, in which we 
find Adam naming his wife. And we're told what he called her and why he gave her that name, both of which, the name and the reason for its being given, are of great significance. Well, it wasn't strictly a naming, was it? It was a renaming. And a renaming is always significant. It refers to something new in the purpose of God. Abram becomes Abraham, Sarai, Sarah, and Simon in the New Testament becomes Peter. So here is something new, a beginning of sorts, indicated by this verse. The man had named the animals according to something that was distinctive about each of them. One would imagine in order to differentiate, to show that he recognized those differences and as well, of course, was exercising his God-given intelligence and authority in doing so. But when it came to calling the person whom God made to be a help meet for him, he took his own name, Ish, and gave it to her, Isha. He named her in relation to himself, recognizing the fact that they shared a common dignity, image and likeness of God, as well as a common humanity. And then following sin and the fall, in the 12th verse of this chapter, he refers to her as the woman again. But on that occasion, he does so almost by way of disowning her. The woman whom you gave to me with me. She gave me of the fruit and I ate. But now, in this 20th verse, he takes her to himself again. Or joins himself to her. And in order to mark the momentous significance implicit in doing that, he gives her a new name. And the name he gives her is associated with life. Now let's look back at verses 16 to 19. Here we have the Lord God's address to her and to him. And it relates to their life together and to their several and cooperate responsibilities in the world. There's no curse recorded there. I wonder whether Adam caught his breath when he heard the Lord God say to him, cursed. And whether he felt some relief when the words were not, cursed are you, but cursed is the ground because of you. Whatever, no curse, but change. Great change. Permanent change or changes with regard to each and with regard to both together. A new word enters into the narrative and into the record at this point. It's translated in a different way with regard to the woman on the one hand and the man on the other. 
It's a word that, can, that means pain. It's a word that means toil. But it's one and the same thing. It refers to hardship. Hardship for the woman in what was distinctive to her. Hardship for the man in what was distinctive to him. Now, trouble and strife enter. They weren't there before. And both in childbearing and groundbreaking, toil and hardship enters into their experience. Perhaps previously, childbearing would have been painless, or largely so, just as work would have been totally rewarding without any frustration or disappointment attached to it. But now, the way of the transgressor is hard. And each hardship is a reminder of the sin that each had committed. The woman had taken the lead, but now she'll be governed. Man had capitulated, but now the ground will not capitulate to him. And all these things and more are but forms of death. The death of joys. The death of hopes. Until the death of breath. Dust thou art. And unto dust shalt thou return. Change and decay. In all around I see. Now back to verse 20. How surprising it is then. That Adam called his wife's name. Not Maweth. Death. Chawa. From the verb to live. Where did he get such an idea from? How on earth had that entered into his mind? Was it a flight of fancy? Was it a a decision not to be cowed and bowed by the living death? Which was now part of their existence and experience and their environment. That's the way in which people still live, isn't it? Yes, things are tough, but the tough get going. I'll do it my way, my reason, my power. I'll populate, or we'll populate. We'll subjugate. We'll educate. We'll reinterpret everything. We'll produce a master race. That's what Cain thought. That's what Lamech thought. That's what Babel is all about. It's the spirit of the world. Self-trust, self-reliance. To the exclusion of God, the Lord, and sin, of course, and even hardship, and even death. One's own reason, one's own religion. We are the masters of our fate. We are the captains of our souls. Is that why he thought of life? Of course not. It was because the Lord God had spoken about life. That's why he thought about life. And the remarkable thing is 
that the Lord God had not spoken about life explicitly. Adam, his name used here for the first time, ground, red earth, where he's from. Dust, Mr. Dust, calls his wife Mrs. Life. It was only because God had spoken about life that Adam could think of life. But there were two occasions in which God had spoken in this sort of way. Which occasion is Adam thinking about? You see, was it that creative word at the dawn of time? Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. Made in the image and likeness of God and given a task that could be given to no one else. Not made, nothing else not made in the image of God and his likeness. A word to be obeyed. The necessary powers, physical, mental, moral, to enable him and his wife equally to translate it into effect and into actuality. A progeny is on the horizon to populate the earth for God, beginning in paradise and working out from there in all probability. Was it that word, instinct with life, of necessity, though the term isn't used, Was it that word that led Adam to call his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living? No. Because sin had intervened, bringing death, not life, in its wake. And dignity was lost. And sacred duty, not achievable by human reason or energy, The image and likeness of God was no longer untarnished and pristine. It was no longer transferable, no longer recoverable. All they could now do was to procreate a race for Satan. Fallen human beings like themselves, subject to death, And there's another reason why it was not the creative word or the providential word as well which Adam was thinking about. And, the, and, and, and it's because of this reason. In Genesis 1.28, he, he is included in that word along with Eve. Be fruitful, plural, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. But here... He singles out his wife. She was the mother of all living or would be the mother of all living. There must be an extra word that led him to this conclusion. You know there was, of course. It was that redemptive word in the garden. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her seed and your seed. 
It shall bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. It was what Adam had overheard the Lord God saying to the serpent about his wife that led him to the conclusion. Surrounded by death. That there was going to be life. And it was going to result from God's gracious intervention and dealings, in particular, with his wife. There would be a seed. And it wouldn't only be the seed of the serpent. There would be the seed of the woman. There would be descendants with life. Because there was coming a descendant put death to death by conquering him who had the power of death that is the devil and delivering those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage and hearing this he associates with his wife because there is life Present by God's declaration to be brought about by his grace through history, climaxed on the cross. And the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil, delivering elect sinners from his grasp and doom. So I'm going to add some words to Genesis 3.20. Don't often do that, do I? But they're scriptural. By faith, Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Who are you going to name in faith? as the means of your life from God in a world of sin as a sinner in a life of hardship and difficulty with dust ahead of us all not Eve certainly not Virgin Mary nor any one of the seed of the woman, B.C. or A.D. But Jesus Christ alone and you call him by his name and he will own you a worthless name before his father's face and in the new Jerusalem, appoint you a soul, a place. Let us pray. Lord our God, we thank thee for Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. We thank thee for all the promises given before his coming. But we thank thee we didn't live then. We thank thee that we live A.D., 
and we can say he has come. He has destroyed the devil. He has brought life eternal. And we thank thee that we can say we have tasted of it already and possess it inalienably and one day will possess it fully. Grant that he might be glorified to the ends of the earth, bring many to him, north, south, east, and west, and bring him back again with power and great glory to bring in that kingdom that is eternal and heavenly, into which sin, into which temptation even cannot enter, nor that old serpent find a place. May thy triune name be glorified. For Jesus' sake, amen. Copyright 2009, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way, and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this broadcast on our website is preferred.